You're listening to Around Comics, episode 156. Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic book roundtable. I'm your host, Sal, and I'm joined by Scotty Young, Marvel artist, and <laughs> Mr. Daddy Longstroke. Daddy Longstroke, professional kick ass. Without. Why isn't your mic on? Oh, what happened? I have it turned down. I have the wrong mic turned down. Why are you dissing me? Sorry, man. Didn't mean it. Why you salting my game? Now we are joined by Scotty Young. Yes. And uh, Tom Caters. I'm wearing my Evil Knievel helmet and my number 21 button. Poor Evil Knievel. He finally... All those crashes and... You made the final big jump. (laughs) (laughs) The last ramp up to heaven. Poor Evil Knievel. He passed away today, so... He he died of too much awesome. (laughs) That's right. He's now in traction in heaven. Yeah. Everybody, and God's scared of him. <laughs> You're a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> That's why Chuck, I did not kill you sooner. Wait till Chuck Norris gets up there, and there's going to be all sorts oh. of shit going down. You know, God, can you can jump a punch? <laughs> In heaven, you can. <laughs> you know, God didn't ever actually kill uh, uh, Evil Knievel because it's like, you, like it was a weird rat that he just got to sit and watch. Like, oh. You couldn't. How did I? Because Evil Knievel was God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> evil Knievel is kind of he like. He jumped God. He jumped God. I always sort of imagine even Evil Knievel was kind of like uh, the challenges of the unknown. You know, where they living on borrowed time. He's <laughs> <laughs> this mystical creature who, you know, he's not supposed to still be alive, but he kept kicking it. Well, All those jumps, he never jumped the shark. How old was <laughs> he? Exactly. He never How old was he? Um, I don't know. I would say he's probably. Because I've been saying his name since I was 80. a goddamn kid. Yeah. Well, I think. I think. It's important to remember that the spirit of Evil Knievel has always been present <laughs> in mankind. There's always been, it will live since, on forever. Since the first caveman jumped over a dinosaur. <laughs> Evil Knievel's been with us. His, son's, way or his son's still around and yeah. still doing... He just like hangs Was out there in Vegas. Is there an Evil Knievel comic book? There had to have been. He must have been in a comic there book. There had to have yeah. I think there was. I think in the copy, comic book documentary I watched, I think Superman... Might have done fought something. Fought Evil yeah. Knievel. <laughs> evil crashed a motorcycle. At one time or another, Superman has, yeah, has been with everybody. Muhammad like, Ali. Yeah. Muhammad Ali, the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh-huh. Probably uh, Pat Kennedy. from Saturday Night Live. Kennedy, John F. Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. How did Superman take to having a bucket of confetti thrown on him? <laughs> rip, rip, uh, is, is, rip torn? Is, uh, no, well, the, the Harlem Globetrotters. Oh, you know. Globe yeah, Trotters. ripped. Yeah, he was in a comic with Rip Torn. <laughs> That's what I thought you meant. I was like, when I have missed that issue. All right. Well, yeah. So 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 long to uh, Evil Knievel, one of the uh, truly remarkable men of yeah. of history. So. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like you could just have a lifetime full of retarded acts, <laughs> and you become remarkable when you die. You think Johnny Knoxville right now? Yeah. Is like looking into a mirror. Wondering, I'm next. I'm next. <laughs> Now I'm remarkable because I get because I get I let people shoot me with guns, 
And I hey, say I, what you will. The guy I, I uh, talked my buddies into putting Hot Wheels up their asshole. The guy was at least the the, the best at what he did. <laughs> he was the best retard. He's ever. the Wolverine at hurting yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. The best at what he's the do. best there was at what he did. All right, let's move on a little bit. Uh, I want to remind everyone that this episode is sponsored by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades.com is offering this month's reading selection, point blank, to Around Comics listeners and pretty much anyone else for an amazing 35% off of cover price. have to answer a quiz to see if you listen to the show. <laughs> Get yours copy today for only $9.72. You can now read Ed Brubaker's amazing five-issue prologue to the critically acclaimed Sleeper for less than 10 bucks. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. And remember that all orders over $50 ship for free. Where are we recording at, Tom? Uh, we are recording in heaven, otherwise known as <laughs> Dark Tower. Around Comics is recorded every Friday at 7 p.m. at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> Located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by. We would like to meet you. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And then leave. I'm sick. <laughs> You're sick today? Yeah. Yeah, but you've been fighting the cold? Yeah, I've been sick the last couple of days. Are you going to throw up? Me too. I uh, probably won't throw up. My shit. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, nice. I, it's, it's the fucking holidays, because I'm like... Being a comic book artist is sort of like being the boy in the bubble, right? Like, you never get sick because you're never around fucking people. Right. And then I go home for Thanksgiving to my parents' house, and Picked there's up a virus. fucking babies everywhere, and then I got the fucking baby blicket. Well, it is uh, a problem when you actually interact with other human beings. Yeah. I hate humans. They carry. Oh, hey, man, I got kids, and yeah. all they do is rotate sicknesses Six. yeah. from school to each other to, to me you. and mom and back and forth, and it's just it's constant. Stupid. I embrace sickness. You it makes enjoy me stronger it? every time. If I can survive it, I just I'm better. What doesn't kill you? What doesn't kill me makes me stronger. <laughs> Bring it on! Bring me your babies. Well, we'll try and uh, weather through the storm of of sickness. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, you can make it. You you weren't too sick to do another podcast this week, sir. So, uh, you know... I, I think I said I was sick on there, too. I could tell you were sick on there. You sounded a little nasally. Yeah. And Tom, I was fucked up. Tom did uh, did his other podcast. Yeah, we're traders this week. We yeah. should ring that bell. And uh, Oh, we should mention Chris is not here today. Yeah, Chris oh, yeah, that's here. right. Chris, we didn't even mention. Uh, Chris is gone. He's off uh, in southern Illinois with his father enjoying some Saluki basketball. Oh, nice. Uh, he, his father bought him... Uh, some some tickets. I to think him and Kaiser are having an affair because she's in Southern Illinois too. Interesting. Convenient. Mm. I wonder if she hides if he hides uh, his smoking from her too. I just You did like a little uh, Ed McMahon oh, there. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you are correct, sir. You are correct, sir. <laughs> oh, oh. Why is there toothpaste in my backpack? <laughs> All right, well, with that being said, let's move on to uh, Top of the Stack. Top, top of the stack. Of the stack, stack, stack. That's right, Top of the Stack. Our chance to tell you what we've been reading the last week or so. Two weeks, really. It's been we've a couple weeks since I got to pick anything, so I have lots of things running running through my head. Running through? Well, why don't you spill them out? <laughs> Vomit them. Vomit them. Throw them up. The first, uh, first one I wanted to talk about was uh, the new issue of Fear Agent. Uh, <laughs> Hatchet job one of five or numbered seventeen. It's kind of. Did you notice that? 
the weird numbering now? Well, yeah, I noticed it on the last one because I was confused. I originally thought the last arc was a miniseries because it was. Yeah, but it's like sixteen in a series. Right, yeah, sixteen in a series. They say. I don't know why they're. They're trying to play, but you know, because there's the people that um, would get pissed off because their numbering is all. You know, right. Like, I don't want a series of miniseries. I want one through. But they are running. Back. They are running pretty much. Yeah. I mean, they all run in a series. They all go together. That makes sense. Yeah. So he's up. No, I have no problem. No, I'm not talking to you. Oh, I'm okay. looking at you, but okay. I'm talking <laughs> to into the mic. Take it, take it, fucking easy, everybody. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just, just enjoy it. It could all be number one. That's yeah. all you care. Tell us. Uh, I'm gonna number it a hundred. So this is the number one of five of a new storyline drop in and number seventeen of a series of overall hatchet called hand job. job. It's called hand. It's hatchet job. Oh, hatchet job. Illiterate Scotty. <laughs> I just saw an H and a job. It's a hand job. H jobs, uh, baby. Written by Rick Remender. Um, this is Jerome Opeña is back on it. Him and Tony Moore have been switching back and forth on stories. I love the Jerome Opeña. Yeah, big fan. Yep. And um, this storyline, you know, it picks up where they're back on Earth. They're on the moon with all the humans that survived the latest attack from aliens. Now they have to go is find a new place to live. Is the moon technically part of Earth? Not, well, it came from Earth. <laughs> okay. And depending on what conspiracy <laughs> theories you want to, all right, all you, right. Let's we'll, that, we'll leave that for the Art Bell. Yeah, show. we'll uh, yeah we'll let the and, you know we'll let someone else handle that. <laughs> uh, and uh, Heath, the main character's wife, has gotten like married to somebody else in the time that he's been <gasps> away from Earth. Oh, so, bitch! Yeah. Nasty. And he gets paired up horse. with her new husband to go get some food from a nearby planet, and they go there, of and it ends up like a crazy Indiana Jones style action with. Giant man-eating flowers and uh, <laughs> of course creatures that yeah creatures of that kind of look a bit like um, venom but with a little white on them riding giant goldfish <laughs> through the sky and you know it's just this you know sort of Crazy. standard fear agent you know two-fisted action mm-hmm. you know, running around and uh, it's gotten really interesting in the storyline because uh, the last one sort of introduced a new sort of twist to it where you understand why Heath is sort of as fucked up as he is, because he sort of killed an entire race of aliens. That would fuck you up. Yeah, with, uh, thinking that he was doing something good and then realizing that he, you know, was the villain in the whole story. So we see more of that played out, and we see why he drinks a lot and, you know, hates sort of self-loathing. It's not just because he's cool. No, no, his self-loathing, he's... while cool, <laughs> oftentimes comes from tragedy. Yes. I mean, I, I don't know too many people that have killed an entire race of people. <clears throat> it sounds kind of like Star-Lord. Star-Lord? Star-Lord, the uh, Marvel character. Oh, I I'm unfamiliar he, with Star-Lord. He, 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 killed an he killed an entire planet. Does he drink a lot? Um... No, I don't think he drinks a lot Do you think they anymore. should add that to the character? I think maybe, yeah. maybe they. they I killed an entire nest of ants once, and it and I <laughs> ate a lot of you pizza. you had half a beer. <laughs> yeah. You had half a beer, half and then a you were beer okay. and a lot of pizzas. <laughs> and I worked it out. You were like, those ants? Right after that? I called Oprah. <clears throat> well, aliens <laughs> and ants. We're the adversaries. And then you drank <laughs> half, of half a beer, and you relaxed. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's the first thing off the top of my head that I really, really enjoyed. Like was classic. the twist the the addition to his yeah, character I, development? Yeah, it made this what had sort of been just a basic sci-fi, you know, like action, a, adventure. action adventure. Gave it a little bit more depth to the character, and it sort of has been introduced kind of far along into the series. I mean, by the time that storyline came out, there had already been you know thirteen, fourteen issues of the comic. Right. When you finally 
you know, see this twist mm. come, and it, it, it adds a different level to it, which I they, quite they enjoy. seem to continue to sort of do that kind of thing with Heath. And I mean, initially when you first meet that character, he's like I said, very sort of you know John Wayne ish kind of oh, you know, straight drunk forward. asshole, right, right, right. and uh, but then at, you know as the series has gone along, they've they keep giving you sort of peeks into his past and and yeah. and how it's made him you know sort it's of also sort of not just science fiction's equal parts there's been the last storyline was like a war comic <coughs> right you know almost and this one's more of like a indiana jones style adventure so it isn't just strictly sci-fi all the time either it introduces sort of cliches and ideas right. from other sort of stories and mixes them up, so you always get something different. Always you know? something new and exciting. Yeah, this one's a little Remender bit uh, and the boys. A little bit more action, you know. It's not so. The last one was a little more like oh, sad sort right. of, you know, dreary war comic, and this one's a little bit more high flying action. Well, I think Rick and Tony, and the, I mean, they wanted this series to be able to sort of let them do whatever it is they wanted to do in in the genre, and and play around in it because they're, I know they're big fans of like you know the EC stuff and yeah. and. There's uh, flying goldfish. Yeah, hey, can't go wrong. Yeah. If you're going to have <laughs> something flying, don't make it a giant bird. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, cliche. Giant birds, yeah. Giant birds are done. Not Old ants either, because I kill them. <laughs> yeah. Not ants, because Scotty will. Old and busted. <laughs> goldfish flying. <clears throat> All right, well. New hotness. Very exactly, good. Yeah. Very good. New hotness. Giant birds are busted. Well, I'll go next. Uh, my top of the stack this week is uh, Brave and the Bold number eight. So I'll just pulled out his memoir notebook. Yeah, I have my note. I take notes when I read comics now. Because Do you? I, yeah, because I'll forget why I like something because I read so many. Right. Yeah. And it's like I, I'll forget what it is that I you know. Do you have a grading insightful. system? No, no. It's just it's just sort of like just scribbling. I have a notebook. I have a notebook for uh, my head. I have a notebook for sex. You take notes during yeah, sex. Yeah, because I so much. <laughs> <laughs> not real. Yeah, that I yeah. forget. Uh huh. No, not even close. Anyway, <laughs> make I'm very sad now. <laughs> yeah, you're this like, was, uh, myself. This was written by Mark Wade with uh, pencils by George Perez. Perez, inks by Bob Wyasek, and yeah. uh, colors by Rob Lee. Um, basically, it's uh, the plot is Wally West, the Flash, who's mm-hmm. back, um, and his wife uh, Linda bring their kids Iris and Jay. I guess. Yeah, I think it's a. I think in it's reality, Jay would, Garrick. Yeah, but in reality, I think you would pronounce it Jai. Jai, yeah. But you know, whatever. They had to be cool and put in. I guess Y's are old and busted, and eyes are the new hotness. So Jai or Jay and and Iris, they take the kids to see uh, the Doom Patrol, and and more specifically, uh, Doctor. Uh, he's a doctor, right? Doctor Calder. 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 Yeah. Uh, he he kept contacting them, saying that he thinks he could help them with their. Yeah. their, their they have powers now, in case you're not aware of it. Yeah. <clears throat> the kids, uh, Wally's children, and but they're very unstable. And uh, Calder thinks that he can help them stabilize their yeah. power. So, reluctantly, they decide to go and, and visit the Doom Patrol and and uh, and see what they can do to help <clears throat> help the kids. Um, I love the fact in this that that Wade wrote the Doom Patrol uh, as creepy. Yeah. And even even a guy like Wally West doesn't trust them and doesn't necessarily know exactly where they're coming it's, from, you know? It's sort of, it's like a, <clears throat> a darker sort of version of the X-Men, you know, where the X-Men are right. like a family and uh, Professor X is like the caring father. This is sort of like a dysfunctional family yeah. where the dad <laughs> manipulates everyone. everyone yeah, yeah, like, you're not quite sure if doc- <clears throat> the doctor wants that. It really wants to help, help them you? or just 
like use messing, them for yeah, something use else them for or, experiments. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, that you, there's always that amb- ambiguity yeah. with that character. And, and I thought Wade really, really wrote that well because a lot, sometimes you'll see the Doom Patrol and it's not. I mean, they're just like some another superhero. They're just around. Yeah, yeah, they're just around. But I thought he really did that well. And my favorite part of the book was when they first get to the castle uh, that the Doom Patrol live in. Um, and they sort of introduce the kids to each one of the, the yeah. uh, Doom Patrol. It was very much like a horror movie, and, and yeah. each one was a different sort of monstrous character, mummy, yeah. Frankenstein, and, and that kind of thing. really nice woman. Yeah. That was my really favorite one. Because <laughs> yeah. sometimes elastic woman <clears throat> is a little hard... Uh, to make creepy, right? They found a way to do to it. To do it, yeah. That yeah. she's overly nice and trying to make up for the fact that they're all Freaks. fucking weirdos, you know. <laughs> and that makes her, you know, creepy. And and then I also really really liked Calder uh, how he was written because he, he was he's just this arrogant, uh, sort of delusional character that blames everyone else for everything. Yeah. He he, uh, you know, he doesn't understand why people. Don't just accept everything he says, yeah. and when they don't, he considers gets it. Mad at him. Yeah, he gets mad at him for it. So, um, and there's also a, a appearance of uh, Metamorpho. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and the story is going to continue uh, next month in, in the next issue. Well, the, go on, go on. But um, they've done a pretty good job of every issue sort of tying in together and right. sort of a bigger, you know, a bigger overarching story. story. But they've been really easily, con- you know, digestible individual issues. Um, but it was just a lot of fun. I mean, I just yeah. thought it was really fun, and I like the idea that it wasn't like I thought Wade real serious, and it yeah. was just sort of this fun comic. I like how Wade wrote the kids and Wally and that book better than in the actual Flash book. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> was written a little bit better, you know. Yeah, because uh, I've been a little. I was going to ask you about that because I've been a little bit annoyed by the family. I thought in the aspect. last one they were a little bit better because you saw the kids sort of act more like. Kids instead of yeah. just creepy little Bay beings, monsters or, yeah, running around. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, what I was gonna say is, it, it's strange now that like you know all the main other than Wonder Woman, it's like a lot of the main characters in DC now have children. I mean, you see, the Flash has two kids. Superman yeah. has a son, basically now. Yeah. Batman has a son. What? And yeah, what and you talking? And it, it's like, what are they? I, and it's I started true. to think about it a little bit. I'm like. And now there's all you know. There's been the rumors of like Batman I'm sure Hal dying. Jordan has like a thousand kids. Yeah, yeah he's, he's been all over. so many chicks when he was a toy salesman. <laughs> <laughs> As is traditional in that. Yeah, uh, toy salesmen get a lot of ass. Gets so much tail. Uh, so um, I got my slinky. But what they didn't tell you he was a sex toy salesman. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah, a novelty. Yes. But I just thought that was kind of odd that now all of a sudden it seems like a lot of these. Uh, I mean, I, I, like I said, initially when Wally came back, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But then I started reading it, and I'm like, I really don't want to read a Flash comic about, like, Flash being a dad. See, I think if it's written well, like anything, it'll be... Well, yeah, if it's fine. written well, I suppose. Because character, but, he, he's sort of like the same thing with, like, Nightwing, where it's a weird character where he started off as a kid in the 60s. And as the story's gone along, they've actually sort of slowly aged him. Right. So you've seen him, like, as a kid, a teenager. Yeah. He's sort of weird, whereas Batman's always been an adult. An adult, Superman's always been, you know, sort of an an adult. So he sort of falls into that weird region where he's... I mean, he's eventually going to be older than Batman. Right, You know, at the base, like Nightwing, you know, he keeps getting older and Batman keeps staying the same. Nightwing's 35 and Batman's 40. (laughs) Yeah, it's 40. How the hell that Yeah, I know, it doesn't quite work out. (laughs) But, I mean, I think it it, it sort of fits. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily been written 
really well, and I think the art's been pretty inconsistent in that book too. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's getting it's getting better. Yeah. I think once they give the character the kids something to it, do because I know? like the Flash, but uh, yeah. But it, it, I just thought, thought that was sort of an interesting thing. Yeah. So that was it. Uh, Brave and the Bold number eight. Yeah. And, uh, and I did want to uh, mention uh, he didn't actually ink this issue, but one of our listeners who I emailed with this week is the inker normally on that book. Who listens? Uh, what is yeah. his name? Uh, Brian Koblish? Or wait, I got it right here. Hold on a second. What is his name? I lost it. I had what a it. Ass. Yeah. Oh, I lost Chris, it. Uh, Brian. Good job, Brian. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he wrote us an iTunes review too this week. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Scott Koblish. Scott. Not Scott. Good Scott, job, Scott. Scott Koblish. He's the inker. I like your name. Old. Uh, and he yelled at us because um, well, we didn't mention him. No, 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 <laughs> no. He's Jesus. like, sorry, oh, Scott. I, I'm the artist on this uh, book called whatever. I don't remember what it was, but uh, oh, uh, the weapon. And he's like, I'm sure none of you guys read it because it came from Platinum. And I actually had read it because they sent me a copy. Oh, we we just Platinum. <laughs> yeah, a but fair we amount of time. Platinum. Yeah. And that's why he was saying Ouch. it, but. And he was yelling at us for real? No, no, no. He was just He knows around. that company's yeah. whack. <laughs> he just can't say it. Yeah. Like us. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you guys dissing this covenant? Oh, keep doing it. Why are you dissing yeah. them? Thumbs, yeah. up. Thumbs, Thumbs up. Thumbs up. So I just wanted to say hi Not that Scott hi actually Scott. thinks that. I better be quiet because Platinum might not ever give me work. They may not. <laughs> <laughs> One of the other books I wanted to talk about, which All right, well, yeah, yeah, um, yeah I it. picked up a Punisher War Journal, the newest one. I think it was thirteen, uh-huh. uh, with the art by Corey Walker instead of oh yeah, yeah, Olivetti. Yeah. yeah, and I had to, I dropped it when Olivetti was doing the art, and I, he, he does very nice like looking pictures, but I felt like as it kept going, like. The Punisher muscles on huge. everyone oh, was yeah. everybody ridiculous. Gigantic. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like, this doesn't make any. You know, I was like, God, why is everyone <laughs> built like a fucking tank? Freak you know, nature. Like, yeah, it was really weird. And then I pick up the, you know, Cory Walker did it, and it was like, oh, that makes sense. And he drew a really great Spider-Man too in that issue. Yeah, where Spider-Man is normal-sized right. guy. You know, he's not like this ripped. Uh, uh, it's not. I looked on the shelf, oh, okay. and it's not there. But uh, I was like, oh, wow. That art completely changed yeah, I, that how I was viewing that book because previously, not only did I think everyone's a little bit ripped, I felt like everything was a little bit posed all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I always felt like every nothing. A, was a bunch moving. of shots from a muscle man. Yeah, nothing yeah, was yeah. like moving in the book. And then you know I pick up the Corey Walker issue with Dave Stewart did the coloring on it too, mm-hmm. and I love his colors because he does you know makes everything look so pretty and yes, nice. Yes, he does. You know? And you see him draw characters like the Rhino, who is a big guy. Right. He doesn't draw him like... Ripped. It's a like dude it. in a suit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, so he's just a dude in a giant rhino suit. He's not... Doesn't have like a thousand rippling muscles yeah. in this apparently skin-tight suit that some people <laughs> you know, yeah. draw, draw the Rhino. And I was like, oh, you know, this makes more sense. It makes it feel, you know, more real. Right. In a way, you know, it feels like people, they look like people. More plausible. Even though, yeah, I mean, it just... Not know. real in the sense of, like, photorealism, right. but, like, as far as visually and following a story, you can believe, like, yeah. the universe that they're in and how things Well, I mean, all- even in, like, you know, it's like even in movies, it's like not everybody in a movie is, you know, always good-looking or always ripped or, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you have to have some balance of... of you know normality yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. to to contrast well that's why it. i'd always feel like everybody knows that felicity is one of my favorite shows yeah. mm-hmm. but one of my biggest complaints was that i'm hard pressed to for a, people to tell me that a girl that is that good looking was the 
the nerd. shut-in nerdy yeah. high school. Now, I'm not saying she couldn't have been really smart, but I have a hard time you tell, trying to tell me that she was not, like, she was the outcast socially. Because, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry, we all know how school works. When yep. you are hot, you're in, right? Yeah. And I, that I, I was. A lot of well, that's a lot of movies <laughs> and a lot it's of, like, yeah. how, why is this person unpopular? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't understand well, I the physics of it. Mike was talking about, Norton was talking about that, I don't know if you on this show or on the Crankcast, I get him confused sometimes. Right. I was, but he was, like, that show Chuck. Right, right, right. Where the guy's supposed to be a nerdy, you know, but it's like he's six foot three, you know, in good shape, good looking guy. It's like, yeah, yeah, I don't picture him as a nerdy, having trouble with girls kind of guy, you know. Or uh, on the OC with what's his name? Oh, uh, Adam Brody. Adam Brody, come on. Yeah, I was not like, only he's tall, right there gets you ass. I'll tell you that right tall, now. Good looking. You you know what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> yes. Tall being tall, instant ass, right? Uh funny, funny. double instant ass. <laughs> and yeah. he's fucking good looking. And rich. And rich. And rich. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, but I'm so nerdy. And he skateboards. Yeah. I'll t- I got more ass just showing a skateboard than anything in high school. But the also thing, the weird thing with that with the O C too is that like uh um, oh, Ryan is the well, badass. He read, he yeah. read comics, though, didn't he? Didn't oh, he yeah, that was his, yeah. That's why he could Yeah, that's why. Yeah, he never that does. But that's he a was perfect an example of like, oh, it's so... Oh. Like, wait a second, that guy is... Why wouldn't people not like him? Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> what's, of course, the fact that there was no unattractive people in that high school right. was also affecting. My, my, moderately, and he was Jewish. Oh, yeah. there you go. You that's, know how that goes. My usual biggest complaint uh, is, is usually Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Because most of the people draw Spider-Man gigantic, just like thigh muscles that could crush a car. <laughs> well, that's why like, I'm like, oh well, yeah, Peter, like you, Peter Parker. All of a sudden, he puts on tights and uh, he balloons up. <laughs> he, doesn't, he even does it. That's in why the I liked uh, Corey Walker's version. It was nice to see well, Spider-Man, you, who was just like a dude in a you know goofy Spider-Man suit. suit. Yeah, well, you've right. talked before about All-Star Superman, where quietly Superman, how it's he's not this he's not you a know, rip, bodybuilder. He's yeah, he's just dude. a big kind of bulky dude that. And then, I mean, he'll still fuck your shit up. Well, yeah, he could still throw a punch. You know, oh, yeah. Mess you up. Yeah, he gets some ass. He's tall. <laughs> he's tall. He probably Superman skate. probably skateboards better than anyone. Probably. He's got, probably got super <laughs> He skills. could do a 945 <laughs> yeah. kickflip. Yeah, he's Superman. <laughs> Over the moon. He's funny. He's got a super sense of humor. <laughs> he has super he's everything. Joke, excellent comedic timing. It just, uh, I just find it, it's, and I think it really comes down to, American comics, we've rotated around the superhero genre for so long and, and have kind of zeroed yeah. in as this being our only outlet for comics, the main outlet for comics right. in America, that you, that, uh, and especially the, the big creators in the 90s, the Jim Lees, the Rob Liefelds, yeah. and the Tom McFarlane, all the guys that made it uh, comics gigantic in the 90s, that's what they all did, and now it's it's just forever the same way. Can't uh, get away from it. Yeah, because I mean, it's... going before that, I mean, if you look at Kirby's and the Buscemas and the, and the Goldens, yeah, and those the guys, guys from those times, yeah. it was like there was a variety of people. Mm-hmm. There was a variety of characters. There were skinny people. There were, I mean, even people that draw fat people. The fat people are are cut all <laughs> up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, wow, that fat guy has a six pack. <laughs> you like the kingpin, right? Yeah. I hate when I see somebody draw the kingpin and he's all like dieseled out, but oh, he's just large. He's a he's sumo wrestler. He's, yeah, he's got a lot of muscle underneath yeah. that. Thin we just layer hit this weird stage where it was like. And that's a funny thing. I mean, you could go back to, like, how to draw comics the Marvel way. Uh-huh. And that actually teaches you better than some of these newer books out because they didn't – they weren't focusing on 
here's the tricep and here's the bicep. Right. It's just like, here's how to draw the form, you know, and, and fudge with the form. Because if you look at all the characters from back then, they were just so distinct in shape. And talked about silhouettes, and you could you could see a character from its silhouette alone. Mm-hmm. A lot of people today, you can't. Tell. I mean, it's it is you could you couldn't tell you know, one unless guy from he the has next, goddamn yeah. bad ears. Right? Who is it? Yeah. You know, because everybody's the same. It's just the same build, the same ripped. Yeah, ripness. But it, I do feel like the weirdly enough, the more and people usually hate on these people, and they, that's why I can't ever figure it out is. And the more cartoony style guys tend to get it right when it comes, like you said, like yeah. a Cory Walker. Yeah. Somebody who focuses on design and shape and approaches it from a more simplistic matter cares more about the character than how many lines of hatching he can put on the crease of an elbow. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I look at my elbow and I'm like, yeah, uh, not enough that crease. Is how my elbow looks. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, look at my hand. It's so hatched. Why is it my, my whole body is hatched? Very incredibly. Hatched. Yeah. I got very... tattoos of it all over. Every, every, on every joint, I have little black lines like everywhere. And I wear large coats that are stuffed so they wrinkle a lot when I'm constantly With wearing pockets. Them. Lots of pockets. Did you did you have something another book? Uh, yeah, I, I have, have one book. more. I got a couple. Of well, things. go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I wanted to mention that uh, I had previously talked about the uh, manga book I had read about Seven um, Elevens, and I finished the one last week about um, Those cup more, noodles. I yes. just want, for, just real quickly, I just want to say fuck Seven Eleven. Because uh, in my neighborhood, they've bought up all the white hens yeah. and turned them into well, 7-Eleven. In, in Chicago, too. Yeah, it yeah. sucks. Most of them 7-Eleven, I don't like. White hen was the what, shit. What is the difference between the two that bothers you? Better coffee, mostly. Okay. They had white hen had better coffee. I'm not and, uh, familiar enough, I guess, to pick uh, up the difference. All the ones in the city have changed, too. Have they? I think most of, most of the ones, to my knowledge, have sucks. changed. Sucks. Anyway. I'm sorry. Back to your story. I'm sorry. I, I just had to get that out. And fuck cup of noodles. <laughs> fuck cup of noodles. Uh, I, I finished it, and... Um, it was once again really fascinating. I wouldn't say the art was great, but it's really it was again really interesting to see something that you think is really like innocuous and like see the explanation of how much work went into it's it. Like of yeah, of like how hard it was. Like the the best part was this guy who had to design the styrofoam cup had to de- design it so that people could walk and hold it, and it had to be a certain size and all that stuff. He was dr- making so many of them that he started having nightmares about <laughs> styrofoam cups Attacking and No, falling on him and being buried in a, in, in, in a sea of... Avalanche of... Yeah, and you, you read it and you're like, oh, you know, wow. That's kind of, you know, it's interesting how really sort of innocuous things, if you tell them, like in, like I said before, if you right. tell them in an interesting, interesting way, way, I mean, it's like when you have a teacher who's a good teacher... Right. Can make anything interesting. It can to make you, yeah. whatever you know. Whatever. I had a great history teacher when yeah. I was in high school that made it fun and interesting and talked more about yeah. the smaller things and just funny, interesting so bits. I, and, I, you know, and it ties into you know. I also I also like action philosophers a lot. Right. You know. I think that if you want to learn philosophy, colleges should use action philosophers <laughs> because there are things they explain in there better than any philosophy <laughs> professor I ever had. Trying, you know, a nice two-page explanation. You're like, oh. I actually get that, right. you know, for whatever reason, whether because it's got, you know, visuals along with it, it's telling it in an interesting way. So I wanted to throw that. It was Project X Challengers Cup Noodle. Cup of Noodle. I, it, I guess it revolutionized food all over the world. So how many, are those the There's only two Project X? There's one about the Nissan, uh, Nissan car. One of the cars they made. Good lord. Yeah, I'm going to read that this weekend. I, I, there's, this, this, thing, this gives me two reactions. One, I baffled that uh, somebody would make these books. It's and a two, TV series, and, too. And two, 
how they get people to read them. <laughs> no, well, we talked about this before, though. You can, I mean, well, the couple new like the Seven Eleven one, I was on board with a little bit. This one we- is weird. <laughs> couple noodles is freaking well, yeah, me out. Of course, it's weird. It's but that's, weird. It's great. That's the interesting part of it. Yeah, I guess. Do, I don't know. Yeah, it's really hard to. It uh, is a, a, a marvel of a engineering, really. I mean, if you look at a cup of noodles, the Japanese <laughs> love to walk and eat. According to that book, which I don't understand, <laughs> but people loved it, and I was like, wow, a cup of crazy, noodles. What a crazy little. <laughs> country did they know that it would be college food in america for years to come no all right let's uh disappear. let's get back to uh to comics for a minute here at least you have a healthcare comic i have a healthcare comic i read i really enjoy <laughs> dr stevens fucks you <laughs> uh no my uh, my other top of the stack this week was uh hawaiian dick screaming black thunder number one Whoa. from uh B. Claymore Sounds and like a porno. Uh, Scott Chantler. Uh, it was also uh, colored by Stephen Griffin, who was the original series artist. Uh, Hawaiian Dick is a series of, uh, of miniseries, basically, that uh, uh, Clay and uh, Stephen Griffin did. There's two trades out of them uh, already, and this is the new series, um, the number one. And, and basically, it's about a, uh, a private detective, sort of. He's not really a private detective, but he kind of is. He gets involved in all sorts of stuff. It's like 1954 Hawaii. He's a Dick. He's a dick. Um, and uh, and and there's other you know in the in the previous stories there's there's been elements of sort of mysticism and weird stuff and and you know, crime and all sorts of good stuff in it. But this one in particular was about uh, this. Um, uh, squadron of uh, like expatriate uh, um, pilots during World War II that banded together and created this sort of mysterious fighting squadron uh, that would. They I like would, I like fighter pilot squadron. Yeah, this, well, this one was pretty cool. I do, I do. They like they they like weren't real pilots in the in the war, so they like put together their own little you know squadron nice. of guys and like would go out on missions on their own sort of thing. Um, and and then so, uh, it's sort of a socialized fighter squad. <laughs> sort of, yeah, some, yeah, kind of, yeah. And uh, and and they were called uh, Screaming Black Thunder. And now they've they've since retired, as far as anyone knows. And they do like uh, air shows and stuff. The 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 last remnants of these guys. There's like six of them. And uh, Bird, who's the main character, the the detective, and his secretary uh, are checking out one of the air shows when out of nowhere a, a Japanese fighter pilot. Uh, comes and shoots one of the planes down. So of course he gets involved because he was a big fan of these guys during the war. He was in the war and he was a big fan of theirs and everything. And he so he gets involved and 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 the story goes on for him to try and like figure out what's going on. Where this all of a sudden this Japanese zero comes out of nowhere and shoots down one of these pilots and and. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I really enjoyed the whole like mystery squadron aspect of it. In the back of the of, of the first issue, there's like this. Uh, Typed um, letter to uh, to Eisenhower uh, from like a secretary of the cabinet or something uh, about the Black Squadron and and uh, and it just sort of gives you all this little backstory about these guys and how during the war they would like all of a sudden just show up out of nowhere and and help the fighting and then they sort of went from just like doing that to sort of investigating the more bizarre occult aspects of of the Nazi regime. Ghost planes. I, yeah, they haven't really gotten into what they did yet, but that's sort of what they 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 kind of evolved into, like this investigative team. Flying goldfish. And there's rumor that they still are doing that even now, and 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 you get elements of that in the story too, where they're like, uh, one of the lines is is like, there's they're pretty much retired, but they're still searching for the one big prize. And Bird's like, what what big prize? And they're like Hitler. 
Hitler's gold plan. Well, no, Hitler himself, and this is 1954, so Hitler's supposed to be dead. Whoa. But now all of a sudden maybe he is in... It's probably in Argentina. Could be. Cuba. Bolivia. He's in Cuba enjoying the socialized medicine. <laughs> um, it was it was a real solid story. Uh, the, the art was really good. The, this new artist, uh, Scott Chantler, I, I'm not familiar with this stuff, but it was sort of a cartoony, almost Disney, like 50s Disney kind of pop stuff. Um, the coloring, which was done by Stephen Griffin, uh, was awesome, like uh, 50s travel brochure, like really kind of blotchy and bright watercolor stuff. And it really gave it a great feel for that the whole Hawaiian uh, dick feel that these books yeah. have. So, um, But overall, it was just really good. I, I, I've enjoyed the, the Hawaiian dick series, the, the first two, and this one started off real good, too. So check that out. Cool. The Mike. Screaming Black... Thunder. Sounds like a lot of part of the Hawaiian dick. Screaming, screaming black, black thunder, thunder dick. Thunder, thunder dick. S- Hawaiian dick. Screaming black thunder. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, dirty. But it was good. I, I, I really did enjoy the, it. The one book, I, the last book I wanted to mention was uh, actually also sort of war involved. I've been reading The Unknown Soldier Showcase. Okay. Uh, it sort of uh, reminds me of uh, the Jonah Hex one where it's actually really, really good and still holds up today. Very well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Unknown Soldier is just this guy. It's a great character design, too, because it's a guy just, like, with a bunch of bandages and, like, a trench coat, which can kind of look pretty sweet, you know, <laughs> like, in certain situations. But he gets dropped in all these World War II situations where he can wear disguises. Uh-huh. So you see all, you know, he appears to be someone different, like, in, you know, every issue. Is, is he, like, a secret agent? or? Yeah, he gets sent in to, like... Do some, you know, the shady shit. Right, right, right. Black ops. Yeah. But it's sort of like the Jonah Hex uh, showcase where it actually holds up really well, storytelling wise, and they're pretty compelling stories. And the art looks really good in black and white. You know, if you've seen the. um, It sort of reminds me of the Howard the Duck, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Essential, which I think looks way better than the colored stuff because you can actually see. That you know the line work a little bit better without it getting obscured by sort of really blotchy, right? Bad printing color, you know, and mm-hmm. really nice actual you know art. So, I, I if anyone out there who's read the Jonah Hex showcase and really enjoyed it, I think would also really enjoy yeah. the Unknown Soldier. And I would recommend avoiding the War That Time Forgot <laughs> showcase. <laughs> it's about. Um, Every story is about soldiers fighting dinosaurs, which seems cool. The, yeah, at first. But Robert Kaniger wrote all of them and then apparently didn't care to tie any of them together. So every issue is like the first time they do it. And, I'm, and after you've read about 10, you're like, how many fucking times did <laughs> America fight dinosaurs on islands? Like, and it was, so it's like, yeah, it was like, oh, it's strange and weird. And I was like, if you were buying this comic book... I don't care how old you were. Like, if you were nine and the fifth time you read this, you're like, hey, you guys fought dinosaurs like a month ago. <laughs> Doesn't anyone remember? You guys keep fighting dinosaurs. Well, then they also toss in shit like three circus brothers who become soldiers who are like tumblers oh, well, and a GI sure. robot. <laughs> I mean, so it's good in small doses, but you can't read a bunch in a row. Oh, you're, you're, just like, yeah. you're just sitting there like, oh, God, really? <laughs> I mean, I understand the audience was different back then. But, sure. I mean, come on. Like, any eight, eight-year-old's going to read that and be like, I thought you guys... I don't know, another man. Fog, another fog, like, hidden island in the Pacific? Like, is there even an ocean there after, like, the 15th time? 
<laughs> you know, it's no big surprise when a pterodactyl swoops down and, like, a giant pterodactyl, bigger than they actually were, swoops down and bites your bomber in half, you know, for, like, the eighth issue in a row. <laughs> I think Kaniger was on something at that point. I think, Maybe yeah, he, he forgot. Maybe he, every month he was like, I got a great idea. <laughs> Smoke-filled island. Yeah, and none of the editors were like, uh, you've pitched that idea they, now they didn't nine have the heart. times in a row. He had Alzheimer's. Yeah. They didn't have the heart to tell yeah, him. They, dude, you've done that eight times in a Idea. Soldiers fighting dinosaurs. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, and Scotty, nothing from top of the stack this, no, this week? No, I'm reading, um, so I'm, I'm actually, for the first time, reading two books. Uh, I was, I'm reading, fin- trying to finish The Golden Compass. Um, but then I've been sick the last couple of days and just well, didn't have the energy to get into some heavy, like crazy fantasy stuff. Cosplay, so, right, right. Cosplay. Last, yeah, cosplay. <laughs> the last couple of nights I've been reading Kick Me, that Paul Fag book, the creator of Freaks and Geeks. Oh, okay. And uh, just like basically true stories of his childhood, like little essays of different spots throughout his childhood. Because the geeks and Freaks and Geeks were basically him. Okay. That's his real story. Oh, really? Uh, but this is even more. It's funny. It's funny as shit. And it's slightly pathetic and sad. So, <laughs> but <laughs> I haven't finished like? either one of them. So, so right. comic fans well, might next, like it. Maybe yeah. next week. Yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you got it. All right. Well, then that will wrap up uh, top of the stack. Later. Something uh, disturbing from no, not it, it was it was the last issue. I think it was the last issue of New X Men that you did, uh, that came out like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Did you all with um, mustaches, which I thought was odd. No, no, it wasn't actually anything you did at all. But I've you know read it, and then I got to the end, and there was like a couple of pinup pages from Messiah Complex, oh, and there yeah. was like a. I don't know if it was Michael Turner or who it I was. I think it was Finch. Yeah, it was Finch, and he did My the, the new X. And I looked at him like, oh, that's really... I, I was disturbed by it, because well, they, they were no they longer children. They, yeah, were, yeah, they were all, like, all it's 28 like, years old. they fall into that X-Men thing where every X-Men yeah. is about... Either yeah. somewhere between twenty six and twenty eight, no six matter foot, when six foot two hundred pounds, no matter when they've been introduced. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it was disturbing. It was it was it was odd because I've been reading that book, you know, and obviously with your your characters and and you know you draw them as kids. I mean, they look their like yeah, I they look their age. Asked Chris Yost to give me the exact age of every character that in a lot of these characters he created, right? So he would know and. You know, we're really talking about fourteen and fifteen year olds. <laughs> I mean, we're not even we're not even even close to seventeen and eighteen right, on these characters. Right. We're talking about like freshmen and sophomores in high school. And I, when I see 
people draw some of these characters. Yeah, nothing against Finch per se. No, no, I, mean, no, I wasn't no, no. trying to, but it was just it was a very odd thing of like finishing that book, getting to the last page, and then seeing that cover. That's yeah. a must. Yeah, and I was just like, oh wow, that is really weird. It's not him. It's like the weird expectation of that's how those characters. Well, it's a lot of comic book artists. And it's not a a diss to their skills as far as craftsmen go, but it's sometimes you have to actually take yourself out of the mind state of here's my comic book man form and here's uh, my comic book. He's eight and a half feet tall or eight and a half heads tall. tall, (laughs) Sometimes you actually have to put down the pencil and and just think a little bit about character and and what can I do with a drawing that's going to sell this character. And and, and, uh, ever since I've... I, I have never worked on a book that when I left, I ever cared what anybody did with the character afterwards. Right. You know, I didn't care what people did with them before, and I didn't care what I, they did with that after. I just had fun drawing it while I did it. This was the first book. I did I did seven issues of it, and when I left, and especially now because they, they're they playing a pretty big part in the crossover. Right. They're on all the covers, <laughs> and I've seen like ten artists draw them, and I swear to God... Every time I see another person draw them, I get a little mad. <laughs> I have like a weird attachment. It's the first time where I have a little like attached to it. That's character. my fucking character. Why, why are you doing that? Uh, I will say Umberto does them pretty good. Yeah, Umberto uh, does. Yeah, it, it, he he, but he's a good kid artist as right, well. Right, right. He does a pretty good. Um, I did just see uh, Jeff Campbell, J. Scott Campbell, do. Uh, Pixie on one of the covers and and X twenty three and that was pretty cool. <laughs> now obviously they're way too sexy because yeah, he, yeah, every like, girl he draws is like a sexy, but he draws so freaking good. But for me, it makes me a little mad and then makes me a little like because a they're all wearing the costumes that I designed mm-hmm. and they all have the new look because I pretty much changed every character when I came out of that book. Um, and so now to see every other artist taking that. And doing it, I'm like, yeah, motherfuckers, that's my shit. And then I'm like, you motherfuckers, that's my shit. I did that. Yeah. So yeah, it is. It's but I know which ones you're talking about though, because yeah. I've seen some covers like, oh, fuck it, come on. <laughs> that's how I. That's how, I was just like, oh wow. Well, if you go back and look at book at, at the issues prior to mine, with the exception of I think like. And this is to say, because I've liked most of the artists that have worked on those books, on the mm-hmm. new X-Men books, throughout all its integrations, New Mutants, whatever, Academy right. X. But if you go back and look at the issues that came before mine, and just take a look at, like, X-23, for example, who's, oh, yeah. who is 15 years old. Almost every artist that drew her before me, it's amazing how old she looks. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, like I 30. think that was actually the character that, on this particular page that I looked at, it was, like, X-23. I'm like... She was, you know, right. like you said, a thirty-year-old supermodel, yeah. you know, and it's just like, oh, it, and it was just, I, as a reader of comics, you know, because I've read comics for yeah. so long, and they've always looked pretty much the same. Yeah. I've never really experienced that before, of like getting used to those characters looking a certain way, and then all of a sudden having them, you know, it's like, oh, they went through a time machine, yeah. <laughs> you know, they grow well, up. It, it, just, <laughs> it just fucks things up to me. Like if you even even to see a cover or a pinup, like in that last issue, I think that's the issue where X twenty three is in the bathroom. Yeah. And she like she had seen uh, Hellion, who she has a crush on, right, kissing kissing, kissing uh, Nori, uh, <gasps> and because she's pretty much indestructible, because she's basically like a Wolverine clone. Right, right. She goes in the bathroom, like trashes the bathroom, and like cuts herself. Right, right. And and then she's in there like depressed and mm-hmm. like I don't know why I'm doing this. And at, if she looks 15, then that scene makes sense. Right, right. If if she looks like she's a 15 year old and that happens, then 
those human flaws actually become you have sympathy for her and i think they have more weight too because yeah. it's like you know a 15 year old confused looked, 15 year old yeah. girl well, yeah, if she looks 30 then all of a sudden she's not sympathetic she's pathetic what's well, right, always like right. the thing about like um when you're like, oh, these people are freaks, and everyone's scared of them, and then yeah. they're all like fucking smoking hot and, and you're just giant. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, wait a second, you're yeah. not weird looking. Yeah. Like, yeah, Jean Grey. Oh, she must have just been. Or like, like <laughs> as I've said many times, if someone draws Cyclops and he's like a fucking bodybuilder, and calls him slim, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. Like, yeah. you know, like, it doesn't make any sense well, within the context of the I, character. Going into that, like a Noli, right? The lizard kid, mm-hmm. the little lizard kid. A, he, he's gay. He's like 14 or 15. And like just a little lizard guy, he doesn't really have any crazy powers. He can, right. you know, like he can change his like chameleon, like blend in with shit. Now, to me, when you when I if I see that character looking this like this big diesel dude, then all of a sudden the personality. Because I will say, Chris Yost is fantastic at writing personality. Mm. Uh, and if you can draw pictures that match what he's writing, then you really have something cool on your hands there. Yeah. And and I think that. I think that's always been one of my complaints pretty much across the board in comics because there is such a, a way of people's minds thinking this is how comics are drawn. Right. So all of a sudden what a writer might what a writer's intention will be gets fucked up right out of the gate. It's like it's like uh, you know somebody's favorite Hollywood writer writing uh, like this little kind of cute touching comedy and casting, Michael Bay. <laughs> and casting Arnold Schwarzenegger as right, the main, right, you know, right. like yeah, it, just, exactly. it, it shouldn't be fucking done. But that's what we do. We cast Arnold Schwarzenegger in every, every role, everything, yeah. no matter how old or what the personality or what the character is. It's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in every, <laughs> like you said, Cyclops. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. See. Hey, you weirdo, you <laughs> yeah. freak. Yeah, you're Why does totally he... ripped, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, look at look at all the look over the edges. Right, they were supposed to be at a school. Right. The X Men were at a school. <laughs> you tell me, Hank McCoy, even before he was blue skinned, was a goddamn kid at school. Or the fact that uh, the one that always drives is like Professor X being ripped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. a what? dude in a wheelchair. Yeah. How is he working out? <laughs> yeah. But he's like, he's like, looks like he could bench nine hundred pounds. You know, he's drawn the same way. As or like Magneto. A, Oh, I yeah. always felt that way back then. Like, ooh, he's so. Fr- they gave him white hair. That's about <laughs> the only old. thing of age. He's, he's That's why Ian McKellen's yeah. so good as that character exactly. because he has like the gravity of. You can see old, history yeah, in his face yeah. instead of just being yeah. a thirty-year-old guy with white hair <laughs> and giant muscles. <laughs> Magneto's giant. <laughs> I know. I know. Just giant. He's huge. He's he's an intimidating oh, start a physical. Movement to stop the muscle. Stop the muscle. You know what's great? Talking about the muscle. <laughs> Indie rock and roll is what I want It's in my soul, it's what I need Indie rock and roll, it's time
It's an interesting uh, documentary about a, a, well, sort of about China. It was about Yao Ming and his entry into the NDA. It was the year of the Yao. The year. Oh, I've heard that's good. <laughs> it was good. It was actually told from the perspective of his interpreter here mm. that was hired by the Rockets to be his interpreter yeah. and had never really... Had never worked with the NBA before. Didn't really know much about basketball. Just had to hang with him like 24 hours a day. Yeah, just lived his life and and basically was trying to explain, uh, what's his name, the coach, uh, Tom Janovich. Yeah. Explain basketball to Yao Ming in Chinese without really knowing anything about basketball. And it was pretty, it was actually a really, I was amazed at how fascinating it was and how much I, how much appreciation I had for Yao Ming after watching that. Because of the pressure that that guy was under at like 22 years old. Yeah. I mean, sure, he was making a shitload of money, but I mean, just the pressure he felt from China, from the whole yeah. country of people that were, you know, put him on a pedestal as a hero of the of the nation. Yeah. And and let alone the media and everything in the NBA, it was it was it was good. But yeah, good I think I'm going to move to London because I watched Sicko. What's Sicko? Oh yeah, the Michael Moore about health oh, in, the health insurance. Yeah, it's pretty industry. good. Yeah. It makes I would I like I literally when I got to watch I was like ah, maybe I'll move to London. You see, because I'm not a huge I'm not a huge Michael Moore. I think some of his movies are a little at times play a little fast and loose with sure. stuff. With uh, reality, like 9/11 was a little bit. This <laughs> one fact. I felt I thought it was pretty interesting because I didn't really it didn't have necessarily a Democratic or Republican slant to it. It just was just about health care yeah. and how fucked up health care is in America. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Yeah. You can't... There is no defense of our health care system. I mean, right, you know what I mean? Right. I don't care if you hate Michael Moore or love yeah. Michael Moore. You cannot defend, defend yeah. our fucked up health system. Evil, evil system. No, it doesn't work without, for anybody. It's not... It doesn't... It isn't even about people who don't have insurance it's about people who have insurance yeah, who yeah. Are, still who get fucked yeah, yeah. Get yeah. Fucked. yeah. that's yeah. what the very oh, the, the a, very documentary starts off and goes this is not about the people that don't have it this isn't about the companies this is a, this documentary is about people who have health insurance i have uh, friends of my wife's whose daughter uh brain tumor they found yeah. a brain tumor they had to operate this huge expensive thing go all these and they're gonna have to sell their house because yeah. they can't afford oh it you should see the amount of people that went bankrupt to, you know, in this yeah. documentary I mean, that had health yeah. insurance it's just insane completely it's, bankrupt and then they go like to london yeah canada uh france it's all paid for i mean the dude had a brain tumor right he lived in america moved here when he was 18 loved it here would have never left uh lived here for 10 12 years and then got a brain tumor uh, got on a plane, went back to France, uh, got every chemo and surgery and blah, blah, blah. Three months off work to paid, another three months unpaid off work by law to go spend on a beach to recover. Yeah. Zero dollars. Jeez. Zero dollars. <laughs> and he That's didn't even fucking live there when he got cancer. God. And, like, we would have had that hospital in London, yeah. right? Uh, hey, where's your billing department? Uh, we don't have one. <laughs> what, what are we talking uh, yeah. about? Billing department. The thing I always love about it, too, is when you see people talk about this movie, and I'm sure someone, once they hear this, will go like, oh, I don't want to... Who wants to wait in those long lines? Right. Like, number one, if you've ever been to a hospital in America... In America? <laughs> yeah, I don't know who the fuck they think they're Go from. to an emergency room yeah. and see what that's, that's like. What, yeah, yeah. Bleeding yeah. Where, where, is this, where is this hospital yeah. that you went to where everything's... Yeah. Fast. Yeah. Well, I know, like, like the, the greatest part was it was like talking to doctors, and even their manner of speak was telling you that they are so chill. Like one doctor in Canada, yeah. the black guy, the black guy doctor in yeah. Canada was like, "Yeah, we just use you know this machine, and <laughs> because it's just there's no pressure. If someone's hurt, they fix them, and that's well, how they roll." Uh, did they discuss? Because I know like one of the big 
sort of arguments about you know uh, government uh, subsidized health care is that then you won't have the best and the brightest dark doctors because Wrong. nobody will be doing it. Th- and that they you know they, they can't they make because yeah. doc- brain surgeons won't all of a sudden make you know. Oh yeah, that guy, the guy in London. Yeah, the poor doctor in London. No, he owned an Audi. Yeah, a one point two million dollar house. And he was a poor worker of the government. <laughs> poor government he was worker. a government employee, yeah. a doctor in London. Well, which is make all we're money. talking about London is the most expensive uh, city to live in. They still get paid well. They still get paid well. They're doctors. Well, and they act like because uh, they showed all the commercials and stuff in uh, all the rhetoric in America. Right. Oh, you might as well be going to a third world country. Right. With right. Yeah. Medicine. That's the other. And then you go to Canada, and it's just like little flowers in the waiting room. Yeah. Uh, it showed one guy. Right. He got the tip. Of two fingers, just the tip of two fingers cut off, and the doctor said, "Okay, you got to choose because obviously you can't afford her both. Sixty thousand dollars for the middle finger, and twelve thousand dollars for the other finger. So he had to pick one or the other to have a tip put back on, and then he had a nub on the other one. Okay, <laughs> then it goes to a guy in Canada that was working with a table saw, cut off all four <laughs> fingers completely. <laughs> okay, he goes to the doctor." into their terrible Stone Age (laughs) surgery center with crazy sci-fi shit (laughs) moving all around. And this is where the doctor was all chill and calm, like, oh, yeah, we just put put all four fingers back on. (laughs) You know how much it costs? Nothing. (laughs) And then they were like, "Uh, how much, uh," when he was in Europe, he was like, in London, I need to get, he went to the pharmacy, I need to get my subscription filled. Uh, How much would that be? Uh, it's like $10 American, right? 10 US. Uh, $10. So that's for 20 pills. What if I need 60 pills? Uh, $10. What if I need 150 pills? Uh, $10. And he goes, well, he goes, does the price ever change? He said, yeah, if you don't make enough money, it's free. I swear to God. And Michael, and Michael Moore goes, well, where do, but where do I buy my detergent? And like trash bags, right? Because all of our pharmacies are Walgreens. Right, and shit. Right. He goes, Sir, I didn't train for this long to sell you detergent. (laughs) Because it's just a pharmacy. But I'm telling you, like, you watch this shit, and you're just kind of, like I said, I agree with you on most of Michael Moore's documentaries. I usually enjoy uh, them, but he is very heavy-handed. You can see through his rhetoric, and obviously he has his own agenda. Yeah, and he's he's getting illustrative. I mean, he does a great job at proving his points usually. But like I said, with this one, it felt like there was less of him taking part in it and more of just showing you <laughs> this is what's going because on. you can't refute when a lady's sitting there going I took my five-year-old daughter who was having seizures to the doctor. They wouldn't, they wouldn't treat her because my insurance wasn't covered at this hospital. It was covered at the one across the street or across town. And the security came and forced me out because I told them I'd pay for it myself. My daughter's in trouble. And they forced me out of the building, said I was causing problems. They were going to call the police. And on the cab ride over, my daughter died to the other hospital. Jesus. You can't. That's, that's not rhetoric. Okay? <laughs> right. That's, that's kids up. dying. Because, and then they had another doctor talking about uh, this lady doctor who worked for one of the insurance companies talking about um, yes every year I would get a bone she was on the claim uh, the 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 claims department of the insurance or whatever, whether they were gonna accept or deny right, your right. claim and she would get a bonus every year if she denied if she had a certain no, number no, of denials, denials yeah, yeah. So, uh. and you're just like it's crazy and you and you like hear people know there's like they have a day who, the, whatever guy brought in uh, Socialized medicine in Canada. I forget his name, but they all know his name because he basically like they they revere him as the person who like saved their world, their society. The guy who brought who forced socialized medicine into yeah. the country into Canada. Yeah, 
Uh, okay. They love the motherfucker. They right, got like right. a day. They get yeah. off of work for the day. <laughs> one thing, last thing I had, I had to say about the movie is there's that old English guy who's talking, not like old English, like the 40, an old man who's right. English. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I wish he'd like run for president in our country. Because yeah. he was like, he's like, oh, you know, people are afraid of, uh, you know, in socialized medicine and all that. He's like, I don't understand why Americans are scared of their, you know, government. Or it was like V for Vendetta. Yeah. <laughs> he I mean, like, yeah. He's like, what? He's like, if people are so unhappy about it, why don't they just revolt? Like, That's exactly. Yeah, he was basically like, he said, if you tried to do what America does, he said, uh, Michael Moore asked me a question or something like if that. They like, got rid of socialized if they medicine. got rid of this, what would happen? Oh, the people would burn us, <laughs> burn us <laughs> out. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it, it is a little different, obviously, because our country is so much larger yeah. than those countries. So it's a little easier for them to get together and revolt. Yeah. In a, in, in a way that's actually going to mean they we'd have to have things a, down. Yeah, we'd yeah, have to have a gigantic revolution. Right. But Think we could start it on the podcast. We could have oh, a reality I, TV show about a revolution where you get to vote. The revolution will be televised. Who's uh, who's shot in a football stadium? <laughs> I, but I, I, I do swear Castro's to God, hot. hands down, he, they went to fucking Cuba. Yeah, and Cuba's all replaced. He took Americans over there, right? Uh, they went to the hospital. Nine eleven firefighters who like couldn't get medical <laughs> treatment went to Cuba. Yeah. They took them to, to Cuba, replaced their teeth. Oh my yeah. God! Swear to God, hooking them up. <laughs> That's just so wrong. I know. That's just so. And then the Cuban wrong. fire department. See, all sometimes like, I can't watch shit like that because it's oh, like, it will I, make you mad. I know. It's yeah. like I'm gonna get a fucking sniper rifle. I'm gonna this go up in a clock tower. Don't say that on the podcast. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> this one will. I like you said. I swear sniper to you. And this rifle. is not. This is not a joke at all. When Casey got home that night, we had a talk, and I was like, <laughs> I said, we might move to London. I think we're gonna have to go because literally. Oh, that's what it was. There was a lady that just had a baby in a London hospital, and she was care- and her husband were leaving the hospital. And Michael Moore said, "How much you pay for that baby?" <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, how much you pay for right. that baby? What? The lady said, "Nothing." And the dude goes, "We're not American." <laughs> right? How much? You've had kids. Oh, how yeah. much a fucking baby cost? Well, I mean, us it only costs you know a couple grand. Uh, maybe. How much did they get to get but, get him slapped? But uh, <laughs> oh, that's an extra. Babies. Yeah, <laughs> depends on their CGC rating. Yeah. Uh, but Part I mean, the, the cost I think for I'm trying to remember because we went through and looked at all the costs. I mean, yeah. it was probably. I want to say somewhere like $35,000 or maybe more than that Holy even. I mean, it, it's, it was like an insane it, amount of money. It's incredible. Incredible. listening, we're not. Yeah. Well, no, but like, because with our insurance, I mean, it ended yeah. up costing us maybe like 1800 bucks. Right. That we ended up, if that. Because, the miracle of birth. Yeah, yeah. Came with a and, uh But I think when we tallied up like all the things, yeah, and that included like all of her doctor visits and, you know, I think it was somewhere like. Maybe thirty-two grand or something like that. Just the some exos- insane the number. Skeleton for the baby. Well, Isn't yeah, of fucked course. up. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's insane. That's it's, a, the one lady had uh, one of the nine eleven workers had uh, an inhaler, and she uh, it was a hundred and twenty dollars per inhaler. Uh-huh. You know the canister. Uh-huh. And then went to Cuba. Exact same thing. It was like eighty cents. <laughs> Swear to fucking god! And they got but good it, cigars. Hey, but it's evil. Yeah, it's so oh, it's horrible. Evil. Yeah. evil, evil. Because I would rather well, pay. I would rather pay. There's a lot so of problems much, in Cuba. Though. How much? Well, <laughs> I mean, how much I don't know, I'm not talking about Cuba's. <laughs> Cuba's to tie the best. it back, how much do comics cost in Cuba? Because if I go over there and there's still twenty five cents, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fucking pissed that we're paying thirty. I'm paying three bucks. If someone's fucking us, so you know, in this country, on everything. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine. I mean, it, it is. It is. That is one thing. I won't revolt much. 
Like, I wouldn't actually get out in the streets for much. Fight for, for the power? I would the pro- power? I would, because there will be a time in my life that I'm going to be fucked up. Yeah. I just, you know, that's inevitable. At some right. time, right. you're going to be fucked up. And to watch, like, this family who's raised oh, four but- kids and sent them to great colleges, to watch them be bankrupt and have to move into their, their daughter's basement, yeah. you're like... That's insane. That's fucked up. Well, and a guy like you, I mean, you know, as a, as yeah, a freelancer, yeah. who, you know, you, you may, you know, you're probably not going to have an exclusive deal sure. for the rest of your life where you get insurance. And, sure. I mean, and, and, and like... Well, even when you have it, it doesn't Yeah, even, even when matter. you have it, you know what I mean? But but if you don't, <laughs> God, oh my God. well if you have, like, a hardcore flu or something. Right. But when something for real yeah. happens to you, you're fine. Well, and then, I mean, there's there's... Uh, there's like lifetime insurance companies all have lifetime limits like yeah. they'll only pay a certain amount for sure. a life basically right and once you go over that amount you're they're done. done so that's i shouldn't it. be you know getting I mean? the solid gold casts every it time might not be a good idea in case we have a regular cast and then we have what we like to call the platinum club <laughs> cast <laughs> It's, it's not a, a good more idea. Expensive. <laughs> it's a higher thread count. It's a little more comfortable. You might like. I'm either going to London or Canada. Huh? I'm I'm thinking about moving to Canada myself. I read really? this interesting article about uh, global warming and and how we're already it like you know the whole like green thing. Yeah. It's not doing shit. I, well, we're of course. we're now, way past the point of already, any return. Like, very, like getting a hybrid's gonna fix shit. Yeah, yeah. They you're getting gorp and burying it in your yard and heading to Canada. <laughs> I think I'm. What's may, Canada? Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, what? Well, only because there'll be water there. Uh, uh, there won't, you know, like a lot of the Midwestern, any southern, anything south of about like southern Illinois is right. going to be so fucking hot. You're not going to want to live there. Wasteland. And there won't be any. I mean, you already can't get water in like they can't get water in uh, uh, Atlanta. Yeah, and Atlanta and in Georgia. Really, They're importing water into Georgia because <laughs> they can't get it. <laughs> I mean, and that, it's only going to get worse. I mean, yeah. it's going to get. I mean, to a point, you know, where it's like, you know, New Mexico. Texas, yeah. any any of those sta- you know, any southern state, there, it'll run. be so friggin' hot. Some Mad Max shit. That, yeah, okay, I'll go to Canada, Canada right now. Let's go fucking move. Get desert. You start making shoulder pads out of tires and conserving gas. <laughs> yeah, be- I got a crossbow in the car. Scared <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> some Mad Max shit in southern Illinois. <laughs> <gonna be> hardcore. <laughs> run. Uh, like this, it was a Rolling Stone article I read about. It was a guy who actually he invented the. Uh, the first uh, like ozone detector, ozone layer detector thing. Right. I mean, he's a renowned right. scientist, right. Uh, and he basically said, forty in forty years there will be, you know, it'll be so bad that you know billions of people are going to be dead, and and you know half of this country will be uninhabitable. Jesus and, Christ! Yeah, I mean, he's like a real dooms, Some doomsday, doomsday shit. shit that How many this, episodes are we going to be at by that time? Uh, let's see. Calculate. We do. What do we do? We we'll do have like to start skyping it if we move to Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Skype We're out. I'm going to live in the fucking. Where's Tom? Uh, he's outside fighting a uh, gang of <laughs> motorcyclists, of mutant motorcyclists, <laughs> for a bottle of water. It could be interesting. Uh, I, my throat it's is crazy. Oh, my yeah. voice is a little coarse because I've been drinking my own urine to live. <laughs> oh man! I did, uh, this, uh, the health insurance thing fucked me up after I watched that thing. Yeah. That should yeah, it can just. Someone should do a me. comic just, about health insurance. Oh uh-huh. yeah, talk to Project <laughs> X. Project that. Well, we. The thing is, they'll only do it if someone fixes it. And yeah. We'll talk about how it got fixed. how it got fixed. <laughs> they didn't do one about like. Uh, you couldn't get you couldn't make ramen in the shape of a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boat ramen, that's the way to go. Mister, have you tickled the witness? He couldn't catch his breath in the storm. Man, you gotta love your position. You're feeding baby food to the horse. I say, 
folks. Um, we're lazy. Let's just uh, read. Yeah. A, let's just read a bunch of emails. This is the part where we let the audience <laughs> do the content. show. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> now we've had a bunch of we've had a lot of emails over the last few weeks, and, and we haven't really done any. So I figured we we pull a bunch. We'd out uh, let them let them have their way with us. Yes. Uh, first one is from Jeff Clemens. He said. Uh, you know, I'm a comic book artist, and listening to your show made me realize something. A lot of comic fans want to be comic book artists, but may not have the driver ability to do it. But I realize, sitting here drawing, I, sp- I spend so much damn time drawing, I can't sit down to enjoy all of those great books out there. I guess the grass is always greener on the other side. Um, look. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, know. I, I don't I mean, feel I, too bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, oh, <laughs> Jeff Clemens is crying. <laughs> I, hope your, I hope your art doesn't get ruined by all your tears. <laughs> <laughs> this, maybe this is why we don't do emails yeah. anymore. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we we've already It's a weird email because at the beginning it starts <laughs> off as one topic in a way like a lot of people want to be comic book artists and by the end it's like how he doesn't read comics. <laughs> I don't... I guess, well, I don't know. I mean, let's uh, climb inside Jeff Clemens' mind. Yeah, you know what? Really Honestly, Jeff, you're gonna smile when you hear this. This was he just needed something to say so he could plug his website. Oh, <laughs> that's all it was. Jeff Clemens. Because there was no comic. question. He's just like, I, I, a lot of people want to draw comics, and I don't read comics. I draw them. www. Jeffclemens.com. Well, go check out Jeff's website. Go to Jeff's website and maybe send him an email. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, about how you'll never read his books because you're too busy drawing your own. No, or people, what you could, if you are somebody who wishes you were uh, able to draw, email him and tell him you think the grass is greener yeah. on their side, and you guys can talk back yeah. and forth. And maybe you guys could pull like uh, some weird shit where you disguise you're disguised as each other for a day. I know a lot of people. And you'll even the green out. I know a lot of people that read comics want to do comic book podcasts, but I look at it and go, I don't have time to read comics because I'm too busy. Working on this podcast and the grass. Is, I don't. Yeah. What? Well, that, <laughs> next email. You should All send right. that to an artist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one is from. Uh, what is that? Gillespie? Giselle? Giselle Lagace. Lagacy. Whatever. She. Um, just dropping you guys a quick note to let you know that I really enjoy your podcast. Of course you do. I'm um, always uh, guaranteed a few good laughs. That's you, our guarantee. Yes. <laughs> a few. Money back. Just a few. It's a money and a, back. And a lot of bad ones. Uh, you make my time at the Wacom drawing, at the, at the Wacom. Wacom drawing comics so much more enjoyable. I, uh, <laughs> this is another plug. <laughs> I swear to God. You guys are crafty motherfuckers. <laughs> and I know this. I know this because when I started off, I did the same shit. <laughs> I, because, so I I'm love not, it. I'm I not love. dissing you. But I would find ways to make small conversation and have an underlying plug. So I'll finish this out. I also enjoy the way you guys talk to each other as guys. Like, if no women, no women is listening. We the assume thi- no women are the, listening. The, the things you can say don't. crack me up to tears sometimes. Keep it up, and thank you for the great show. A faithful female French-Canadian listener. Yes, a French-Canadian. Oh, how's the uh, uh, healthcare up in... I'm sure, yes. I'm sure the French-Canadians fucked it up somehow. Right? <laughs> no, man, that's the best of both, both worlds, because Fran- France yeah. had awesome healthcare, and ca- uh, Canada had all the... They got the Voltron of healthcare. The doctors, <laughs> the are, the do- the doctors are, are free, but they're rude. Yeah. And they everything's written in French. Uh, and and her pennyanddaggy.com. Penny dot com. Penny and Aggie. Oh, and and Penny oh, and Aggie. Sorry. Dot com. I think she does a web. Comic. Two out of two on people crying. I will say, uh, I'm sure none of us really think that uh, we we don't talk 
thinking that anyone's listening, let alone yeah, no. any yeah. female or male. No, we I just, like girls though. Well, I'm aiming for a tranny. listen to I'm me, baby. Hey, I'm Penny. I'm aiming for a tranny crowd. Ooh, <laughs> oh. trannies are so intriguing. All right, what's the next? Oh, what? <laughs> That's outrageous. <laughs> next email. Uh, this is from uh, Scott McCauley. Uh, www.scottmccauley.com. No, it's my name and my girlfriend's last name. Oh, that is weird. Oh, yeah. shit. It's well, let's up. see. Wow. Scotty, I want to skin you and wear your suit as a key. <laughs> I know it's you, Chamber! <laughs> Love the. Okay, this is the real email from Scott McCauley. Love the podcast, and I have a request. My, my favorite things about your podcast is hearing about items new to me other comics, movies, music, online comics, etc. I was wondering if you could do a short weekly or occasionally feature on your favorite comic book websites. Just covering any and all topics related to comics. Thanks for the good show, Scott. There aren't that many, really. I did, I, I don't really I did plan on I do plan on I, and I might start it this week and because I've been ha- I've been coming up short with my rants. Mm. You're you're happier than people you're out think. Of, you're yeah. Out of yeah, anger. And that's the thing. Well, well it has been a really busy angry. month. It has been with the holidays and stuff it's been a little crazy, but I thought instead of trying to do like a full on rant every week, I'm going to rotate it with a rant and then uh like a uh, like an artist website spotlight, spotlight um for kind of online creators yeah. uh that you know yeah. it's not like they don't work, but it's it maybe sometimes they're not necessarily involved with comics or just on the fringe of comics and so it might be something like this where you yeah. know it, it'd be nice things so i think i'm gonna start doing that for the monday shows i don't uh i don't really go to that many uh comic book websites i mean i check in on some of the news sites a little bit uh and i jur- the only one i read like on a regular basis is journalista the uh fanographics yeah. i go to uh, journalista i uh the the beat I the, beat, the beat, I like the beat. Yeah. McDonald. I go to iFanboy, but sometimes they write interesting little essays too. Uh, but yeah, I don't really. I mean, I don't think we could do a weekly. There's not enough to yeah, do like a weekly. Yeah. we'd be burnt by Christmas. We'd be done. Yeah. So if you're an artist, look forward to that because I can give you. I mean, I have hundreds of artist websites. Yeah. So you, you should yeah. do that. But do just that. like, just like comic book. Yeah, there's not enough. Yeah. Next. Next one is from John Cardinal. He wrote a question for Scotty. You're always mentioning Chris Bacallo uh, and his run on Generation always. X. I was just wondering if you ever read his huge run on Shade the Changing Man. He did something like 50 issues in a row. Peter Milligan wrote the whole series, and Brendan McCarthy did a lot of the covers. I know the first five issues are in trade. If you haven't read it, please put down the big boy books and pick it up. If you have read it, why don't you talk about it? Anyway, just wondering, keep up the good work. John, P.S., if you read this on the show, I'll leave you an iTunes review. Ha! Well, yeah, motherfucker! I so like this um, I have them all. I have all of the Chris Bocello issues. I've never read them. <laughs> You've looked, uh, have you looked at them? Yes. I ju- actually, I just bought them recently, maybe like three months ago. Oh. I was at, I don't know where I was at, but I was... Con, probably, a convention? Uh, no, I was at, just at a shop, maybe the Graham Cracker or something. And oh. I was at Best Buy and went around to the corner and just picked out all the back issues that I could find... With uh, that he did the interiors and he did a fair amount of covers as well, um, and just kind of looked through them, uh, drooled over because I didn't them. buy them all consecutively. I was like, I'm not going to read them, you know, unless right. I have the entire thing. Well, he did. He did say they were trades, right? Just of the first five. Oh, just the first five. Which you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll give you the whole. Yeah, it's 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 already a book that's like twelve years old, <laughs> and they've only got the first five. So that means that. Well, how did it look? Oh, it's pretty cool. You could tell it's his first stuff. Yeah. I mean, his first time out there. I mean, you know, there's there's definitely some inkling to where he's going to go. And then there's, you you know, but you could tell it's his early stuff. It's still cool. I love it. Uh, the visuals of it. But it's really, it's, it's weird. I mean, it's yeah. Shade the Shade. I've never, I've never vert, read Like it, an early so. vertigo, vertigo book. There was a shitload of issues of that book, though. Yeah. Uh-huh. And just, it went on forever. Peter Milligan's good. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm aware of it. But oh. I just haven't read it. 
There so you there you go. Felt kind we of go leave your iTunes review, uh, John Cardinal, Mister Cardinal, at johncardinal.com. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next email. Scotty, you're oh, uh, this one's from Mitchell. I have been reading comics for about over a year, and I just recently picked up Astonishing X-Men trades, and I've really enjoyed them. Anyways, I didn't read House of M or any of the other events leading up uh, to X-Men Messiah Complex, but I wanted to check out the Ed Brubaker story that is supposed to shape the future of the X-Men line. How does the Astonishing X-Men fit into the continuity in the upcoming Messiah Complex story? Uh, I would really like to like to read more of the X-Men titles, but I just don't understand how many books fit together with continuity. Wow. Uh, where can a new <laughs> reader like me jump in and make sense of a story, especially so I can enjoy the new Ed Brubaker storyline? New uh, X-Men. I would just read new X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just read no. Honestly, I don't think... I don't know, man. Astonishing that... Well, first off, Astonishing, Astonishing does, doesn't really fit in... It is a new... It is in the Messiah Complex. Well, it is, but I'm saying the, the, the issues leading up to it... Right. Have don't really fit into any continuity. Yeah, I mean they're sort of on their own while they're supposed to be in the same yeah. world and everything. They don't really. Well, the actual title of Astonishing doesn't seem to fit in leading up to it, but all the other books include the Astonishing Cat, like my right, book. Right. We included. Well, that's why Astonishing like X Men in my book in the, the new X Men. That's the weird thing about yeah. Astonishing. It's like they. They're supposed to be like the core book almost, at but this it was point. so late. And just yeah, it just it doesn't, and the stories don't have anything to do. They haven't yeah. led up into uh, yeah. uh, Messiah Complex or anything. So I don't, and there is, you know, with I Astonishing, an I don't think it has anything to do with yeah. it. With the Brubaker stuff, um, even that stuff, I mean, none of it's really leading towards Messiah Complex. Is like the really the new the new X Men is the best book to read leading up into Messiah Complex. Yeah. It probably gives you the the best overview of of what's happening because it it dealt with uh, uh what's his name well the main guy came uh, sinister from, mr sinister well and then uh, uh striker and striker and all that they all came from the new x-men book yeah even prior to my run but yeah yeah i it, i think that book probably does there's some serious shit for x fans coming after the messiah complex for real yeah for real for, for real. reals don't don't cry too much all right fans. sal or tom are you up tom's yeah, up. Tom's up this email's from will hey guys I'm a fan of the show, and I'm always entertained by your off-tangent discussions on, on top of the on top of the usual comic stock. But I just had to say some funny things that I noticed since your format changed. We'll decide if it's funny. <laughs> um, why does it always sound like Tom and Scotty lock themselves into a closet and whisper into the microphone in fear they'll wake their moms up? Because my mom lives with me. <laughs> I've never fucking whispered in my life. No, you know what it, it is. It, you guys tend to talk away from the mics oh. when you're talking back and forth to one another. Oh. Tom sits away from the mic quite a bit. Yeah, you do sit away from the mic. And Scotty has a very... Uh, his voice projects a lot, so a lot of times I'll have to turn him down yeah. and then he'll, he'll turn I his face. I also think so. he's yeah. talking about in the new format. If you can't tell when we're on the show right now, I wouldn't talk this loud by myself in my apartment. <laughs> right, right. You know, and that's a weird. And I think I've gotten better at it, but I wouldn't necessarily sit down by myself and talk at this volume. Right. <laughs> at the a mo- microphone. I, if you know. you're talking about the Monday show, then yeah. that's because we always recording it, it yeah. differently, and and the levels are not going to be yeah. consistent. I, I, he's probably talking about when Tom and I every night. Na- yeah, well, every now and then if. If somebody's talking and we got to say something, we'll lean away from the mics and we probably right. sound like we're whispering. Or I, or I just turn you guys' mics down because yeah. I'm yeah. tired of hearing or Mike, or maybe My mic's not real. My mic's made out of chocolate. 
Number two. Yes. How fucking weird is it to be basically talking to yourself into a mic? And don't tell me that you don't feel like a fucking douchebag when you do it because I would call you a liar. I do feel like a douchebag when I'm recording by myself. And I can't do it if anyone else is in the apartment with me. I have to, well, in the same room. I can't have my girlfriend in the room with me when I record Answer Man. But she just looks at me like. <laughs> why are you such a douchebag? Yeah, why are you such a douchebag? And I'm just like, hey, why are you answering questions about uh, Super Boys? And it's like, I'm. I don't. I don't feel weird at all. I do it from a mirror. Like, like <laughs> what's up? You flex, you flex like a, when you're a doing stand up of you, a cut out yeah. stand up of you. Mine is very piecemeal together though. Like all of mine. Like I, you know, I record little segments and I piece them all together and then add effects. And so mine's, right. mine feels less of me sitting there having a conversation alone. And more of like a project, you know, right, where I'm like right. layering and like, okay, I'll read a sentence, then stop, and then splice. Well, something. that's why I do weird stuff like rec- record it at like seven in the morning or something. <laughs> because if I just sit down and do it, I can't get. I just feel like it's boring. With, right. So with, I have to do something weird to make it like more entertaining. You're for such myself. a method podcaster. I know. I have to <laughs> get into it. Yeah. This is my it's next good one. In the mindset. My next one's like Gary be, Oldman of yeah, podcasting. Yeah, yeah. My next one. I'm going to do it from inside the stomach of a tiger. <laughs> nice. Right. Yeah. Very good. I had him eat the laptop I, a week ago. I don't uh, feel weird because uh, you talk to yourself all the time. Well, no, I. I I do it generally in the very few moments of time in my life when I don't have screaming kids or my wife around and everything. So it's like I, I'm just trying to get it done. So I don't really think about. And I've been in front of a mic like right. since I was a kid. I was in a bunch of bands. Yeah, you were a child actor. I was a child actor. I did a lot of voiceover work for Disney yeah. for years. I mean, yeah. it's you might remember. Um, you might remember Sal from the very <clears throat> famous. Um, that kids' food hot doggies that was just ground up hot dogs. <laughs> nice. I mean, look it up on Wikipedia. It was good though. Ours was, was good. K- Casey records all the time in the house. Like, yeah, she's at always some point or another. One of us is always recording something, something, so it always sounds like there's a lunatic in the other room because it'll just be like silence, and then somebody will go, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> well, the, <laughs> well, the thing is, I talk about like shit like uh, the Flash to myself out loud, and it's just putting a microphone in front of me. Right. I'll just sit by myself in my apartment, just staring at a blank TV, like. Which one is my favorite flash? Flash. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it a lot. Number three, one day Chris is going to totally erupt on you guys for constantly bagging on him for various shit. And he's going to rob Dark Tower Comics at gunpoint with women's panties uh, on his that's head. That's probably true. I, I mean, Chris I probably will snap one day. <laughs> oh, I know that. Close. Yeah, yeah. He's, getting close. yeah he's getting he's getting a lot closer. Chris, Chris is. Uh, I think he got pretty close last week. You guys were. In a, I thought a little bicker happened last week. I was pretty sure. I was just bitching. Do you about think something. Chris would tell his wife if he killed us? No, he'd bring a toothpaste. <laughs> So he could brush out the kidney yeah. smell that he because he ate <laughs> just won't shut he just up. Ate, he started not only did he kill Sal but he started eating him. <laughs> oh Jesus! Like he that's how crazy a little bit of all of us. Yeah. <laughs> number four. Uh, there's two number threes. Oh, that three, is funny. Three point two. Uh, three point three. Three A and then three B. Thomas must be feeling like a r- real super nerd answering questions like who is Superboy Prime. And why was his underwear different in Earth 2 post-crisis? Why would he feel stupid? I want to answer this question. I'm pretty sure Tom Morris' sisters used used panties on top of... Don't talk about my sister that way. <laughs> didn't well, he he's had a answering sister. the question in his closet. No, uh, Tom has just been waiting for someone to ask. He's answered the questions for years. Yeah. Seriously, He's yeah. just recording them now. I don't have much in my life. <laughs> you know, I'm a pretty good accountant. Pretty funny guy. I'm getting on stage. Really, the one... This is... 
in my wheelhouse. <laughs> if they're saying, you know, <laughs> this is it. This is what I have. Okay, <laughs> it feels good. All this, all these years and years of reading comics, it was like uh, when that person asked me the question about um, DC and Marvel crossovers, and I was like, finally. It was like someone describing something they're hungry for, and they described pizza to me, and I had a pizza, and I was able to give it to them. Like, <laughs> no, listen, pizza exists, and I have one. Here Holy. it is. This is what you want. This is perfect, and I've I've really felt fulfilled. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, is I'm that not proud? Oh, is he? At, is he? Is that the end of his email? Will uh, anyway, the show is coming along pretty well with the transition to the new format, but I still enjoy the roundtable discussion the most. So keep it up. P.S. I give it four time caters. Out of five what? on the Tom Cater scale. No, it's the same exact email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, thank you, Will. Uh, next email is from Jason Gilmore. He has a website. <laughs> Jason said, do you, any of you know of a sci-fi comic book that has been created about the colonization of another planet? I'm creating one. I'm a comic book surface <laughs> <laughs> go. I'm a comic book surface dweller from way back, which means I love the media. But haven't spent any time in any stores in a while. I just don't want to repeat anything that's been done. Thanks. Love the show. It'd be great to come to your store sometime. You know what? I, I'm <laughs> sure there is one. I wouldn't be concerned about in in comics like doing something that's already yeah, been done. Doing something that's already been done. If your story, as long as you don't directly rip something off, and if you write it well and make this the characters interesting, like comics. Comics aren't well known for its originality. Yeah. And like, just go to the store <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and look. Look, yeah. look. Look at Marvel and DC shelves. Well, good, yeah. luck, good luck with that. Just yeah. draw it well but, and write it well. And, and it'll his, be fine. Web, his website is uh, jgilmore.net. You plug in, motherfucker. Ah, what the hell? What the hell? Do you know of any sci fi comic books? It doesn't cost I'm me making anything. one. It doesn't cost me anything. Uh, next email. Scotty, you want to handle this? Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, this one's from Errol. Uh, hey, I love the show. Also, out of all the comic podcasts I listen to, I haven't heard a colorist interviewed, except for the Marvel one you did a couple of shows ago, or an inker. Artists and writers are great, but it would be nice to get some different insight into how comics are put together, rather than the usual, this is how I lay out a page, etc. Uh, et Thanks for all the hard work. You guys are great. Errol from Canada. We talked to Andy Parks. Yeah, Andy Parks. We talked to Hillary Barta. Who's primarily yeah, an anchor? Um, we just don't know that many. I guess. We don't. Yeah, I don't know that. I mean, colorists. Um, they're they're shut-ins. They're lunatics. It's hard. It's hard enough for us to talk to artists and writers. Quite honestly, I mean, once you talk to one, you know, it's like and and because you don't really want to talk about. Like me personally, I don't really want to talk about the craft of comic book making anymore. Yeah. It's it's like okay, I've I've gotten as much sort of information that I need or want. Yeah. I'd rather just talk to interesting people that happen to make comics. Yeah, I like talking to Hillary because he's he's interesting. You turn your mic off, I think, there, Tom. Did oh, I? maybe I turned you off. No. No, he did. Okay, sorry. You Go turned ahead. me off? I did. I turned you all the way down. Why? Um, for I, how long? I, I don't know. No, just for right to just that second. Why? Was it a gut reaction to seeing I, my mouth move? No, I... <laughs> Yes, it was. I Turn saw you open your mouth, and that goes well, down. That's no, the I, thing about I talking to like Hillary. You know, he's yeah, because Hillary's an interesting guy to talk to. Right. Aside from you know, we talked to him about inking. Quite we did talk. We talked to him about being an ink. Yeah, we. So we I mean, it. we'll. We're not. Hey, if there are any colorists out there that want to talk to us, give us an email. Send yeah. us your. Uh, hey, I talked and I do it all. Yeah, you ink, you color, ink you, color. Yeah. you do everything. So yeah, we talk to you. Every and week. I will say, when He's I get to the inking the and coloring pen. stand, there's not a lot I can say about it. I do it, and right. 
you ink what's already drawn and you color what's already drawn in ink. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, know that we're going to get into like color theory and and that's a very fun to talk about. Yeah, it's just not red goes good with yellow. <laughs> The color wheel goes round and round. Yeah, but I mean, we're not opposed to talking no. to colorists or anchors. But no, you're right. We, I mean, it's like at this point, we're almost ra- we'd rather talk to people that do those things about not about other shit. Yeah, about other things yeah, that, that about they do. About, yeah, because it's like you know, I mean, on a, on a, in an audio podcast, there's only so much method that you can talk about before. I mean, especially coloring and especially inking. I mean, those are two crafts. Penciling, I, I can explain a gist of things uh, that, that well, it's like, can give you an insight. But when you're talking about coloring and inking, you have to look. I mean, it's such a visual right. situation. Well, it's like if you, want to, if you want to know about inking, I would listen to the time we talked about Hillary about inking. Like lettering. I don't know how much more you could get about lettering yeah. than talking to Richard Starkins. Yeah. Like, how many more? How I don't know more? if you'd want more shows than that about right. lettering. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we, did, we have done them. So, yeah, yeah they're go back. Listen to they're them. back. They're yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. Who's next? We got. Uh, Tom, you got the, the next I one I think there? so, yeah. Dave Myers, right, sitting here listening to episode 153 and thought about how ironic it is that my background noise for drawing <laughs> is talking about their background noise for drawing. Fascinating. Absolutely mind-blowing. Love the show. Scotty's the man. Blah, 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 Dave. No, blah, fucking blah. Blah, That's blah, good. blah. Yeah, well, I commend him for just, like, not even dicking around. Right. <laughs> you know, like, you got to, yeah. I'm not even giving you it, but, but again, right? I will I want I will give somebody something at a convention for the first pers- first person who just writes in to say hey I want to plug I'm plugging myself check out my yeah. shit because <laughs> check out because even the listeners will notice from the emails that we've read they'll notice a pattern yeah. hey guys what are you doing just chilling drawing the website is uh, <laughs> yep www.myspace.com backslash the real Dave designs. I do want to say don't feel bad. I'm not making fun hey, you of you gotta do it. You yeah. gotta yeah. I'm not I mean, making, like I said, the only reason that I'm them. pointing out yeah. because I, I I'm not making fun of you because it I did the same thing for years. Right. Hey, what are you doing? It's just You're funny. in Chicago? It's oh my god, I live in Chicago too and I draw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the same. Well, I mean, hell, me, me and Chris did it forever at conventions yeah. about the show. It's like, yeah. oh, hey, I, I love your art. Uh, by yeah. the way, I'm on a podcast. Yeah, we would you like, you know, yeah. 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 You know it's like, well, we're, we're not dissing. We're actually giving you hints on how to actually disguise it more. <laughs> well, I think what he was saying was that it, it was weird that. It was the show where you and, oh, we're and Mike were talking we, yeah. about what you listen to. That's right. Uh, when you're drawing, and he was, it was funny because he was listening to you talk about what you listen to. Right. So at least it was sort of a good job, Dave Myers. All right, the next one here, and I believe uh, this is our last one, is from Bill. Uh, he said, "Howdy do. I heard you talking about the 300, the movie 300, political overtones and all the business. I work out here in Hwood, Hollywood, and have an inside connection to this particular production. And one of the things that people misinterpret." is that in the symbolic overtones of the film, America is supposed to be represented by the Persians, not the Spartans. Persians, the multicultural melting pot of different cultures, the powerhouse stomping all over the smaller sovereign nations, trying to force their brand of rule on them. It's a bit of a change from Miller's original intent, but was intentionally updated by the director and the production designers to be more timely in terms of all the Middle East action going on now. There actually was a really good talk here in L.A. with some of the filmmakers about this. I'll try to see if there is a link online for you dudes. P.S. I may be in Chicago around the end of the year. Can I swing by and shout out to y'all during the podcast? I would say that that makes sense, except for the thing I complained about in like the last five, the last speech at the end of the movie. 
would be like promoting the Middle Eastern way of. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the thing I'm complaining no, about. Yeah, it's no, like no, the no. last five minutes, like there's a weird switch where it's like. I expected them to start using the term like freedom haters right. and, and all that in the la- like at the very end. Spartan fries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Spartan. No, you can't call them Spartan fries. You know, that's the, the I, I agree that throughout you know most of the movie I think it sort of works and then in the last that last little bit still doesn't make yeah, any it's make a whole lot of sense. It's a weird reversal. Uh, thank and, you. and of Send course, Bill, if, you if, you, if you're in Chicago on a Friday night, you're more than welcome yeah. to stop by and uh, and say hello. You can. You don't spell y'all with a W. Y'all. It's just, just Y A apostrophe L L. Maybe you like to jaw y'all. us. Jaw. 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 All. All right. Well, I think. Uh, I We're think done. that's it. I think that's the show this week. Is anything, we anything have to do the end announcements. We do have to do the end announcements. Join uh, our friends of program. <laughs> Leave us a voicemail. I should, all right, all right, Scotty. You're ruining it. Spoilers. Go to aroundcomics.com where you can download a print out our LCS Challenge flyer. Ask your comic shop manager or owner if they'll display it in the store. If they do, send us an email. We'll mention you in the store on the show as well as post it on our site. Become a friend of the program today. Leave us a voicemail. We have a new toll-free number. 888-977-5903. Jesus Christ. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Give us a call and leave us a voicemail, and we may play it on the show. Yes. Eh, whatever. It's real easy. There's no numbers. you got to punch in. It's just a regular voicemail box. credit card like number? Credit card? <laughs> no, it's toll-free. Social there's security no, number? There's nothing. And we're trying. I'm trying to figure out how we can do maybe like a live call-in thing with the number, but uh, we'll yeah. see how we'll that works. We'll get the people that are busy on... I'm sure all the people that have a lot of free time on Fridays. Yeah, like us. Oh, uh, you can digitally go and put your tongue in Chris's ear. Yes. Uh, by going to iTunes and leaving a review. Uh, thanks to Dan Cassidy, GFA, Webhead Seven Seven Zero, Scott Kabalish. Cobblish. Cobblish. That's the inker from Brave and the Bold. Oh, uh, although fuck him because on uh, I think he was. Wow. No, fuck you. I think he was trying to be funny, but he, uh, he wrote an iTunes review, obviously, and it, and it said, "Oh, I love Tom and and Chris and Mike and Scotty and John Suntress when he's there. Oh, and that other guy." Motherfucker! Oh, I will Sal. shut this show off. I will shut I'll turn this it down. down. I'll shut it off. I will turn all the mics down, and you will get an hour and a half of silence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in Cameron and wow, Scotty is awesome. Scotty is awesome. Is that somebody's one. line on iTunes? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they, they wrote a review. Another twelve-year-old uh, child. Thank you all. Uh, this episode is sponsored by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades.com is offering this month's reading selection point blank to Around Comics listeners for an amazing thirty-five percent off the cover price. Get your copy today for only nine seventy-two. You, that's such a weird number. You can now read Ed Brubaker's amazing five-issue prologue to the critically acclaimed Sleeper for less than $10. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. And remember that all orders over $50 ship for free. I do want to remind everyone that uh, the Friday after this episode airs... So the day... Next Friday. The, the day, day after, after you hear this. We'll, we'll be recording uh, our, our September club... Our, I'm, I'm sorry, not September, our November, November. Club show, uh, which includes Point Blank and also um, The Devil's Backbone, the film, and Drive By uh, Truckers, Southern Rock Opera. Uh. So if you have comments or anything, you can either email us those, and we'll probably read them on the show, or you can uh, leave us a voicemail on our new 800 number, and, and we may play it on on that episode. So, but, that, that, but get them in by next Friday, or this Do coming it. tomorrow. 
after you hear this, unless you download it. Or tonight when you. Oh my God! This, <laughs> what is this Back to the Future shit? <laughs> Stop your Friday stuff. next after to before therefore. Uh, we're know. going. We don't need emails. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. And by the way, we're also proud to help support the Hero Initiative. Hero uh-huh. creates a financial safety net for yesterday's creators they do. who need emergency medical aid because in this country they need it. Uh, yes. Financial support for essentials of life and an avenue back into paying work. It's a chance for all of us to give back something to the people who have given us so much enjoyment. For more information, visit www.heroinitiative.org or call 310-909-7809 and ask about socialized medicine. <laughs> why we don't have it. I'd like to thank uh, the both of you for participating It was today. my pleasure. <laughs> as was mine. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Mark at Dark Tower for hosting us as usual. Everyone have a great week. Uh, we'll be back again on Monday with another new episode. I uh, can't remember. I think it might be... I don't know. Who are we matter. talking to? I don't know who. God. We, yeah, I don't remember. Somebody we're talking to. For we'll talk hour. to somebody. Somebody, uh, and plus probably some uh, more Answer Man, yeah, maybe Scotty Rand, all that stuff. Bullshit we throw together. In yeah. the meantime, in between the time, we'll be everywhere in and around the future of comics and other things. www.future.org. Plug. like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the contact us section of our website. Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and do not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next time when the panel will change, but our mission will stay the same bringing you the very best news, reviews, and opinions in and around comics. Around Comics is a Pipe Dream production. Copyright 2007. All rights reserved. Okay.